We need a new leadership model in business today, one that values people and results, where leaders see their role as serving instead of being served. Each month, my friend and colleague, Chad Gordon, interviews a different author who helps us explore what we call people-centered leadership. I know you'll be encouraged and inspired by what you hear and you'll walk away with ideas and insights that will help you be the type of leader others want to follow. Ready to get started? I'll be back at the end of the interview where I'll share what I learned and how I'll be putting these ideas into action. Now enjoy this month's installment of the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Gordon. Today, we're talking to a dear friend, Beverly Cage, the founder of Career System International and co-author of several best-selling books, including Help Them Grow or Watch Them Go and five editions of Love Them or Lose Them. Today, we're going to be talking to her about her newest book that she co-authored. Uh, it's called Up Is Not the Only Way. Rethinking Career Mobility. Beverly Kay, welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with my friends at the Blanchards. So why was this such an important book for you to tackle now? Well, I've been preaching this for, I'd say, the past three decades. And always when I say the words, up is not the only way, people nod their heads in agreement and then when I say, so is that happening in your organization, their heads stop nodding in the affirmative and then it moves to nodding in the negative. <laughs> and so it's continued to be an issue. You know, years ago, um, decades ago, I wrote my doctoral, my doctoral thesis for, at UCLA and um, the book that I wrote based on it was titled Up is Not the Only Way. But only one chapter in the whole book was about that idea. Um, the title just grabbed that chapter. And everybody remembers, when they think about the book, remembers that chapter. Hmm. And that was just a textbook, really, for HR people about how to set up organizational career programs in their organizations. This is more a playbook, um, more a playbook for managers and for individuals who want to think about, well, what are my choices if I can't move up? So a whole different way of talking about the subject. And it, it, it's interesting because genera genera generationally, um, whether it's baby boomers or Xers or Yers or, or millennials, uh, um, everyone, I think, comes into the workplace with uh, a much different outlook on what the future could hold. Uh, in your research, do you think, is, it, is the days of long careers with the same company, with upward mobility, are, are those days just gone? You know, in a way they're gone. And in a way, as I read generational literature and studies, I see a lot that says, hey, if I'm growing, if I feel valued, if I'm learning, I'll stay. Mm. I don't have a desire to keep jumping ship. You know, and so one whole group of people doing research are saying, no, they're not going to jump ship. But you have to make sure you're growing them, you're challenging them, you're valuing them. 
The other group is saying, oh, no, they're going to jump ship within a year or two, three at the most. And I'm more a believer that if companies um, challenge them and grow them, that they're going to stay. So, And I think they know that up is not the only way. In their heart of hearts, they know it. And they're almost saying, look, I get it, but I still want to be challenged. I still want to learn. I still want to have exciting assignments. I want to work with peers that stimulate me. If all that is going on, it's almost as important as the dollars you pay me. And some are saying more so. It seems, especially with the younger generations, that you you have to bring, um, you know, you have to have the right cultural fit. They have to feel like that they're they're doing something for society. But um, you, you, the days of of just the same monotonous job and and focusing and marching forward, the, those days are gone. You really have to continue to to nurture um, people on a daily basis to keep them interested. You're right. You're right. And, you know, and again, there are so many people in the workforce who do the white collar jobs, the blue collar jobs, the and some of the jobs are more monotonous than others. But I think with all in all those cases, it's, you know, I may be doing a monotonous job, but do I feel noticed? Do I feel valued? Do I feel seen? Are my new ideas heard in how to make this job um, more um palatable for me. So I think managers need to listen like they've never listened before and ask some great questions like they've never asked before. And, and this particular book, we've talked about the, the employer, we've talked about the leader. This book really is for both people. The way I read this book is this can be used for someone who um, wants to take control of their career and they want to take control of their trajectory and their path, and, and there's so many great tips for that. But then also for somebody in a, in a leading role of people, um, they can use this to kind of suss out and, and uh, um, pull out um, the same sort of uh, directions for people to let them know that just because we may not have upward mobility here, we're a flat organization, there's a wealth of opportunity here for you if you look at it with the right perspective. So is that your intention with this book? Right. Absolutely. And you know, the past books I've written have been either to the individual, like love it, don't leave it, or to the manager, like love them and help them grow. This was the first time that the publisher, and I know it's Ken's publisher too, said, oh no, this time you have to write to both mm. because we are moving into a time in, our, in the world of work when um, there's more horizontal uh, reporting and more sharing across the board than, than the old way it was where it was, I control you and I tell you what I want next. So there was a pressure to write for both. And I found it hard, but we think in the end, we ended up with a book that can be read by either side. In fact, it's probably best if manager and employee read it before they get together for the career conversation. I like that. I, you use a great analogy, and it was it really, I had not heard this before, but you, you know, our typical view of... Uh, of our future and our opportunities is is through a telescope. You say it's it's, it's it's you know through a telescope. It's we have a very lineal linear point of view. It's something very far away. But you say that's the wrong approach. We need to actually trade that in for a kaleidoscope. What do you mean by that? Right. Well, I think you know 
in my experience with telescopes isn't that dramatic, but I know that it helps you center on something you want to see in in the in the uh, that's not right in front of you. You want to see it bigger. You want to see it larger. And so I think in the old days, old days, I think when we set career goals, we we literally set. Well, I really want to be doing this. I wanna I wanna do this kind of work. Um, and instead of looking at how much work changes every single day. And when you look through the kaleidoscope and you move it slightly, the pattern changes, the colors change, the picture you see changes. And I wanted people to begin to imagine that, that changing perspective. And, um, and I think we're not aware of how much we can change what we're doing you know, right where we are. So what about the person that's in an organization, they don't have a high potential program, they don't have a lot of development opportunities, they're a very flat organization, where, where, where would you suggest they get started if they want to start looking for some opportunities? Where should somebody start today? I think you get started right where you are. You get started by saying, um, what, could, what part of my job do I love doing the most? And how could I... Um, how can I get to do that more or do that in a different way? How could I come to my manager with a plan that says, I love the customer service part, but boy, I don't get to do it very much. Here's three ideas of how I could um, build up my customer service um, muscle. Mm -hmm. And here's who I think I could learn from. And here's who I think I could, and here's how I think I could make room for it yeah. in my already busy, busy schedule. And maybe it means I make room for it by teaching someone else a part of the job that I that doesn't turn me on that much, and therefore making room for the part of the job that really is exciting. It's almost like, um, like. Um, I call it career calisthenics. Like, yeah. what could I push out? What could I bring down from something that maybe my boss is doing? Yeah. And um, it's that kind of, uh, I call it in Help Them Grow, we called it same seat, new view. And I think we're not willing enough to take a look at the current job as the place to start to grow. And uh, I think uh, if we don't do that, that we stall. Yeah, you you hit on two very important key aspects of of self leadership, which is one, um, uh, setting your own goals and and making those those goals uh, 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 known to your leader, but then also selling your solution. So what you're saying basically right. is is you've got to kind of take charge of your own career and. Uh, and find the opportunities and then sell it, sell it up uh, with the right impact that it would have for the organization that'd be positive. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, and I think both parts, both people have to sell. I think the manager has to sell the idea of growing in place and say, here's where I think it can get you. Here's what I see ahead. Here's how this new skill, if you really honed it, developed it, could help you get ready for the next position. So the manager has to sell, the boss has to sell, and the individual has to sell the manager on their ideas of what they want. So it's a, a mutual selling proposition. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I love the I love that term, growing in place, and it's it's uh, you, you talk about how enrichment in oneself is mandatory. It's kind of like saying you know adapt or die, you know, or get left behind. Not as bleak right. as dying, but uh, right. if you don't enrich yourself and grow yourself, people are going to be lapping you in the office. Right, and it's not easy. It's not easy, you know. It's it's comfortable to stay in the same place. You know, it gets, especially if you've been there for a while. So it's not easy to learn something brand new and to start to practice it and to work it into your everyday, uh, everyday affairs. Um, but I get that people really need to let go of the comfort zone and put their toe in the discomfort zone a little bit. And if not a lot, if not a lot. You know, we had talked before, uh, I do a lot of work up in, in the, uh, the, the tech world up in Northern California, and, um, and people, and I've, this is a term that's been used in, in, a, in, in a couple different settings and in a book, uh, tour of, Tours of Duty, where people right. actually, they join a, a company and they're, they're focused on a product launch. They're focused on changing the world in 18 months. They're focused on the excitement of the now. Do right. you feel like in your research that, uh, that we're more and more um, going to be looking at, at, the, at those short-time jobs or we're really going to be focusing on making a big splash? Or do you think that there's still going to be opportunities for people to, to grow within and, and thrive in an organization? You know, and again, there are so many different kinds of organizations. Yeah. You know, the, the Silicon Valley company compares almost to no other area of yeah. the country except where the tech the tech growth is is also big but i think we're going to see both i think we're going to see people who are used to staying in one place testing the waters for a short period of time in 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 other ways like the whole the whole idea i think we call it in the book try before you buy yeah how can we do more of that how can we do more short-term assignments, uh, project assignments that allow me to put my toe in the water of something really different and yet return to what I was doing if that's what, what I want to do? Yeah, you, you talk about that tactic in the book, kind of ticking, uh, kicking the tires on new roles incrementally, try before you buy. How do you get permission sometimes? Uh, so in some cases, that could be cross-training, moving into a different uh, division, doing some other, other projects, getting on different uh, uh, teams. How do, you, how do you ask for permission on, on, on that uh, um, when you aren't quite sure to begin with that you are going to provide value, but you know you want to be there? Right. And maybe it goes back to something we talked about before. It's selling. Mm. It's here's what I'd like to do. Here's what I think it'll give me if I get a chance to do it for a short period of time, maybe or maybe a longer period of time. Here's what I'll be able to deliver more to the organization, Mm -hmm. to my function, to the enterprise. So it's selling it. And sometimes it's doing it on your own time. Sometimes it means um, putting in some of your own time around the work day to learn something new and try something else. Sometimes it's as easy as shadowing or the old kind of information interviewing to see whether or not that idea I have of what that person does is really um, as rich as it looks like to me from just watching it from from my standpoint. 
So it is selling and it is being willing to go the extra mile to, um, to test something. But yeah, one of, yeah, one of the the ways that I've had some success in my career is 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 one of the suggestions you make as well is um, lateral moves are not a bad thing. Sometimes lateral moves can can uh, it's a, using like a, a football analogy. Sometimes when you move lateral, then you've got the whole field in front of you. You didn't know it was there, so that that could be an opportunity. Right, right. and there's a lot you know when people think. Up is not the only way. The very next thing they think is okay. Then the only other way is lateral. And I think there are more ways than just the lateral. But boy, is lateral growing. And I am even seeing organizations call certain lateral moves lateral promotions. Mm. If that word is so hot and so popular. Mm. And maybe managers have to explain and have to sell that and explain what someone will get from a lateral move. Like there's nothing like working with a new um, set of colleagues for a period of time. There's nothing like reporting to a different manager for a period of time. There's nothing like stepping into somebody else's shoes and seeing the organization from another perspective that helps you, if you go back to what you were doing, um, have a wider picture of how what you do impacts others. And all of that can be gained from lateral moves. I've seen in, in a couple instances with friends and colleagues, people have had the opportunity to take a sabbatical, uh, to take some time away, to to move into a different role, um, to take themselves kind of, quote unquote, off the front lines. And this is something you advocate as well as another way to give you a perspective and a fresh kind of fresh yeah. start. I think it's great. And, and I have and I have seen organizations do mini sabbaticals or micro sabbaticals. And I think we need to do that more. I think the idea of taking some time and giving my position to somebody who wants to step into my shoes for a while is great. So maybe we don't have to think of them as year-long, six-month-long, quarter-long, but we have to think of them as micro or mini, and, and maybe that gives people a chance to test the waters. I think it's, you know, and I hear my own Jersey accent when I say test the waters. <laughs> I, um, I think that that's the, the whole idea of experimentation and short-term job assignments, I think, is going to become more prevalent in organizations than it ever has been. And I think managers are going to have to learn how to deal with um, losing people for a period of time, every week, every month, etc., in order for them to continue learning and growing. And I think managers have to realize that they're growing talent for the enterprise and not just for their unit, their function, their department. And that's a hard thing for many, many leaders and many managers who want to hoard their talent, keep their talent with them. And boy, is that understandable. It is. Life's a lot easier when you have a bunch of high performers around you that you know and trust, but that isn't always going to be best for the organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So so what if uh, somebody's listening to this and they just have it set in their head that the only way that I'm going to prove my worth and prove my mettle and prove that I've been successful is if I climb this corporate ladder at this, this company and they just they can't see it any other way? You know, I'd say... Sorry to disappoint you, but you're going to have to have some alternative 
routes, some alternative options. And if you keep saying it's it's only that one, you're bound to be disappointed. You're bound to be uh, disengaged because if that doesn't happen and you um, you lose your ability to hang in, then that malaise will set in and you won't give your discretionary effort to the job. And I think there are always ways to keep yourself um, excited and interested. And sometimes it means um, putting in that extra time, putting in that extra effort. Uh, but if you only, only target up, um, you're bound to be disappointed because organizations are flattening the rungs are probably not going to come back and it's a faulty assumption to think that there's room for everybody to climb that ladder you know you talked about uh you talked about situations where employees are disengaged disillusioned disappointed you've done so much career counseling in your in your career bev and what is that that fine line of, of I can salvage this, I can thrive and I can grow if I take these steps or I need to go elsewhere. Like, well, how do you, how do you have that conversation with, cause I imagine there's going to be some people listening in right now that are, that, that aren't sure if they're, you know, if, if this is fixable or if they just need to see, um, a new, uh, you know, a new opportunity. You know, we do have a chapter in the book called, is the grass really greener? And I think before we choose to opt out, we have to really look at um, at the why yeah. and the what is out there. And, and all that I have accomplished where I am, the people I know to go to, the, the, the way I've learned to influence in my organization, the way I've learned to negotiate my current organization, the way I've learned to deploy my skills in my current organization – and sometimes when I really look at that, what looks like greener grass, it turns out to be astroturf. <laughs> and it isn't what I thought it was. And so I think more than ever, managers have to chat with people who are saying, you know, I'm going to leave and help them check out whether or not the leaving is, is the right answer. And if leaving is the right answer, I think more than ever now, we are leaving the back door open. Mm. I know in the book we talk about leave the key under the mat because a lot of people make those moves and then say, you know something, it's not greener. It's not what I thought it was. And I know in the Silicon Valley, there's a lot of alumni groups, alumni clubs mm. that come back together to their original organization and the organization has a chance to say, so did you get what you wanted? Or would you like to think about coming back? And if so, here's how we do it. And I think years ago it was the door got locked behind you. Yeah. And you couldn't go back. So it is a, a new day that way. 
it's a new day. Organizations are changing. The workplace is changing. The workforce is changing. So as we begin to start to, to wrap up here, I, I liked how you wrapped up the book. Um, and you, you gave people a lot of, and I won't spoil it. I want people to pick this book up. But you gave people a lot of different uh, kind of marching orders on uh, on on how to kind of take the next steps. And, and, you know, we recently had Brene Brown speak at our client summit. She's been a guest on the podcast as well. But you talk about the importance, just like her, of courage, and you do need courage right. to take charge of your your life, your career, your trajectory. Right, and courage shows itself in in many forms. It shows itself in saying, "Be willing to say, this isn't right for me anymore," or it takes courage to say, "Hey, that move I made from my technical specialty into the um, the manager role." doesn't suit me and I want to go back and that takes courage so I think courage and commitment and you know the ability to collaborate with new people the willingness to collaborate all of that are parts and parcel of what it takes to 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 build a career in in today's world of work I love that. So one final question for you, and it's a biggie. What is one thing that you want our listeners to take away from our conversation today? What's the one thing you want them to remember? Well, I think if they're a manager, it maybe is what's one question that I could ask all my people that would give me some insight into their aspirations and their motivations and maybe it's as simple as saying, um, what was the best part of last week for you? Or what was the best part of that project for you? So that I begin to learn what they think is best. Or maybe it's, what is the one skill you came to this company with that we haven't used yet? Mm-hmm. I think for managers, it's asking those questions and asking them frequently. And maybe for the individual, it is asking for what you want more of and what you want less of um, and, and, and making that known to your leaders and to your managers. And it's keeping your horizontal connections growing and, and going as well as your vertical connections and even your connections with people um, beneath you and around you. So um, I think all of that on the individual side, it's proactive. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. guess on the manager side, it's being proactive too. You know, it's, it's the lesson that I continue to remind myself as I have interactions with people, both personally and professionally, we are not mind readers and we have to take control of, of our, our path and our trajectory we're talking to Beverly Kay, founder of Career System International's co-author of Up is Not the Only Way, Rethinking Career Mobility. This has been a great conversation, Bev. Thank you so much. Where can people find you if they want to learn a little bit more about what you're doing over there? Easiest place is to go to careersystemsintl.com, our website. You'll find much more there. Um, I am... Uh, on Twitter, and um, I am on LinkedIn, and um, you can find me in any of those places. Probably the website might be the easiest. Bev, thank you for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. 
You are welcome. You are welcome. And thank you, listeners, as well. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter at at, uh, Leader Chat. Uh, you can also find us, uh, find me on Twitter at the Chad Gordon. Um, if you want to find this podcast and others, go to leaderchat.org. That is leaderchat.org, and go to the very top. You'll see a link for the podcast. So thanks again for joining us. I have the pleasure now of turning it over to Ken Blanchard. Here's your final minute with Ken Blanchard. What a joy it was to listen to Chad's interview with Beverly Kay. I've been an admirer of Beverly for years, not only as a great professional in our field, but as a wonderful human being. And hearing her talk about her new book, Up Is Not the Only Way, was fascinating. I think there's two aspects of it. One is, what is your role as a manager with your people uh, when you realize that there's not always opportunities for people to move up organizations. Organizations are flatter today, and there's just not as many upward mobility opportunities. My wife Margie uh, always says that managers have three roles. One is to do their job, which is they're hired for. Second is to uh, help their people accomplish their goals and work with their people. And the third one, she adds, is to talk to your people about Uh, their career aspirations. And uh, in doing that, she says, not with a job in mind. But if you periodically sit with your people and say, how are you doing? Uh, Where do you see yourself going? What are you thinking about? Uh, That is going to really, in many ways, get at what Beverly says is so important to people uh, that they think that you really uh, care about them, Uh, that, uh, you know, they have an opportunity uh, with you to grow. Uh, you're challenging them. You're valuing them and all. And they're going to want to stay if, if you can keep on finding opportunities for them to use their skills. And then in terms of your role as a person, what do you do? Well, it's really a self-leadership opportunity, which is how do you analyze yourself, your strengths, your weaknesses, what are you excited about and all and then set some goals for yourself. What, what would you like to be doing? Where would you like to be spending more time? And then uh, uh, selling your solution uh, up the hierarchy to your boss and other people and all. So it's kind of a two-way street. It's a manager caring about your people enough to be interested in their career aspirations and what uh, they need to really continue to grow and develop and all. And then yours uh, as a person is to... Keep on thinking about what you're doing and analyzing your strengths. What do you enjoy? And then see if you can seek opportunities here. And with a great manager, you know, if there's not opportunities for you to grow and go in the areas that you really want to do, that person uh, really will help you. I heard a wonderful description the other day about a role of a manager. You're both a coach sometimes, a mentor sometimes, and a sponsor. And a coach is you're talking to uh, your people. You're trying to, you know, help them get better in what they're doing. As a mentor, you're speaking with them. And I think when you talk to them about their career opportunities, you're being a mentor. And then if it turns out that together you realize something that you're, uh, you're the person working for you really would like to do, now you become a sponsor and you uh, speak about this person and for this person to others. So 
I think it's great. Beverly, you're fabulous. And I think you would all listen to this, share this with your people, because I think it's going to keep people and organizations happy, growing, and going. uh, And you're going to retain your good people. So be good. God bless. Mm -hmm.